Welcome to the 102nd edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We've got a quick special announcement to make before we go into the podcast. We're delighted to announce a new collaboration with the Green Duck Brewery based in Stourbridge who've developed a new IPA in homage to the podcast. A new beer called Wet Your Wolf Whistle is coming soon. Wet Your Wolf Whistle is a 4% session IPA and a percentage of the profits will be going to the 1P36 Family Trust, a charity which personally means a lot to me and is close to my heart. So please, please look out for that from the Green Duck Brewery. We are delighted to be back and to be joined today by current Wolves goalkeeper coach Tony Roberts, who's been at the club since June 2001. Tony, how are you, my friend? I'm all good. I'm uh, I'm fine. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. First question has got to be... Do you, uh, do you like a, a pint of IPA? Uh, every so often, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll wet the whistle, as you say. <laughs> with, a, with a different type of brew, so yeah, it's not bad. Excellent. Well, when the beer comes in, Tony, I will person you, personally deliver you a few cans. Um, so... <laughs> So Tony, how, how did you how did you first get spotted? Because my my thought process is with goalkeepers, um, they're sort of frustrated outfield players. They get chucked between the sticks and they find out they're superstars in goal. How did it start for you? Uh, in primary school, I um, ended up getting thrown in goal for the for you know the houses that you get in school, like yes. the green the green house, whatever. Blah, blah. Um, and then ended up getting thrown in goal. Played in the game, saved the penalty. Um, everybody jumped on top of me. I thought, oh, this is nice. <laughs> and then uh, just carried on from that. Obviously, um, I played out um, as well um, for the local team. Like I'd play, I'd play in goal for the hard games. And then they'd let me play and run about for the easy games. So brilliant. So I, uh, got spotted. Are you a bit of an outfield player then as well, Tony? Oh, well, listen. You speak to any goalkeeper; they always think they're a. a a good number 10 or a big number 9 so um, yeah in training we'll always try and join in um, so I'm no different to any other so yeah we all think we're, we're forwards Actually, I've seen some of the YouTube footage that Wolves put out and I've seen you taking penalties and flying them in the top corner we, we might have to put you on free kick soon Well yeah I did have a go with the media team for that because you know uh, I don't I don't show me like burying my, my goalkeepers you know what I mean I put one in the top in and uh Jackson said that he let in on purpose just to keep me keeping my good books, but there was no, he got no near it. Oh. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Now, your career, professional career, Tony, started at QPR, um, 87 to 98. I think it was over 100 appearances for the club. How did you get spotted by QPR and end up in London? Um, I managed to get into the Wales under-18s team, playing for my town, um, Holyhead. I'm from Anglesey in North Wales. So yes. Um, I got into that team and then one of the boys, obviously well-known to the Wolves, uh, Brian Law, yeah. um, he he went back to London and said there's a keeper there without um, a club. I came down for a trial and then within what, two three days, uh, they'd offered me a, a YTS as it was back in the day. Yes. And, uh, and the rest is history. I was there for how many years and, you know, um, it's down to Lawsy. 
Oh, so, yeah, but actually, Brian Law... That, that, that put me in touch with you, which was obviously very kind of him. 11 years at QPR, then it was a move, just, a, you know, a short move across London to Millwall. Um, Millwall, you, you actually, it was, it's a strange one because you got injured, you had a finger injury, so if you can tell us how that happened, and you, you had to retire from professional football, I believe, Tony. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I actually done it playing for QPR at Ipswich. Right. Injury. Um, I went up for a, a ball with one of my defenders and uh, it was James James Scowcroft yes um, and then I just kind of done my knuckling so I came back from that took about six months and then I left QPR I went to Millwall and obviously waited patiently to get in the team there was a good goalkeeper in the, in, in the team at, the, at that time and Nigel Spink and uh, I managed to get in the team and uh, I'd done it again against Walsall so oh. um, obviously I went to see Specklin and all that and it said like oh you know if you uh, continue to do this, then you, there could be uh, possible you lose your finger. And I thought, oh, here we go. Um, I won't have that. Wow. So um, I, I finished and then um, went down a different path then. I uh, obviously waiting to finalise everything, all the contract and everything. I went. I ended up going to... I ended up um, going to St Albans to play non-league football. Yes. My insurance said, oh, I can play non-league, so... Um, I tried a bit of that, but I was fine with some kind of little splint out of my glove. And then I went to America, and you know what Americans are like? They said, oh, we can fix that. So I went to the hospital again, and they made me these like casts, which went inside my glove, and like, the rest, rest is history. I think I played about 450, 500 games after that. Well... So, um, uh, a $5 sprint saved my, saved my like, uh, career, really. I mean, that's amazing. So it was the Atlanta Silverbacks, I believe, in 2000. And I did read about that, you wearing splints in your gloves. I mean, from your perspective, Tony, were you a bit frustrated that when you was at professional clubs in England that, that the medical care didn't come up with that idea? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, to Americans, like, it's... We, uh, I went to, a, like, a hand unit and... It was kind of a, a bulky thing which was put in there and it was uncomfortable and all that, but I obviously carried on with it. And then when, as soon as I went to America, they, they like kind of streamlined it and I didn't even know I was wearing it. And it was like you, people were stamping on it and I could, you know, I could punch it and things like that. So um, it, it didn't seem to be a problem. Like I say, I, I think I bought about 20 of them because I had them scattered everywhere, training grounds on the buses, everywhere in case I forgot them. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't train or play, play without them. Of course. I obviously want to lose my finger, so... And, and and interestingly, I mean, you know, I've only just thought of this. Do you do you still wear one now in training? No, no, no. I don't. I, I, I don't go and go. If I do, then I'll just I'll just strap my fingers together. But I I, I hardly ever go and go up. So oh, okay. I'm all, I'm all right diving. I just can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping heck! I know, I know the feeling now. From two thousand after Atlanta Silverbacks, uh, back to England for Dagenham and Redbridge. Twelve years, over four hundred appearances. I mean, you must have really felt at home at, at Dagenham, Tony. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was uh, the manager was following me in America. He's um, being a pest, like he was like some. Come on, come on! You, you know you want to come home and all that. And then, because when I was at Saint uh, Saint Albans, it was Saint Albans and Dagenham who were like going for the title for the, for the, for the league and all that. And yes, I had a few games and done well and all that. And he wanted to sign me, so I ended up going back with him. And we had some really good years there. Like I say, uh, some good FA Cup runs, 
uh, we got promoted. So, um, no, I enjoyed my time at Dagenham. Um, it's a special place, like so. Yes, I mean, we're going to come to the promotion shortly. One of the highlights, I mean, in over 400 appearances, which is just incredible, there was a... 2001 FA Cup tie. Now, we, we've spoke about you putting it in the top bins. I believe you actually scored versus Basingstoke. Yeah, we, it's one of the earlier rounds and all that. And, um, uh, back in the day, I was known that if, you know, if we were losing, then I'd obviously run up down the bottom end of the pitch and, and try and have a go. And on, on that day, I think it was my third corner going up. <laughs> the, ball, like, the ball came over it's like dropped by the penalty spot and um, it's like well I think it's 94 95 minutes it's dropped by the penalty spot and I've just hit it and it's, it's gone in and then that's all I remember because I try to go and run away and celebrate but I just got mobbed and jumped on and things like that and then um, we we won the replay and then uh, we got Ipswich in the uh, in the next round like so yeah, the club uh, a few quid back in the day because obviously we were it was like a non-league team at, the, at that time, like so, and it, 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 it was it some good couples. So, I mean, that's incredible, Tony. I mean, a, a difficult one, but obviously now you're a coach. Is that anything that you'd advise? I mean, a goalkeeper to do now in the Premier League or international level, or or is it something which you know you you you, you know you don't really think should happen? No, I mean it's just like it was obviously the. What's at stake? You know, the, it's the FA Cup. Uh, yes. Trying to get through to the next round. Um, I wouldn't pass, put it past any. Um, you look at um, Allison at West Brom when he when he went up because they, you know they're going for the league. He scores a winner. You know yes. I mean? so yes. They need that win. It, 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 it depends on the the state of the game or the, the importance of the game. And like I say, the importance of the game for lower league teams is to get through to the next round because you know it's going to bring a few quid. So yeah. Like I say, I went up and. Uh, Fortunately, it went in the back, back of the net. And please tell me you was on a goal bonus. Uh, I got into the secretary, yeah, so uh, <laughs> a few pints in the bar. After that. That was it. Just a couple of pints and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> brilliant, Tony. So, interestingly as well, again, in 0607, you promoted back to the Football League. Now, we spoke about in 98, 99, where you actually had to retire professionally. You did have an insurance power to believe, but you did have to pay back some of the retirement compensation to play back in the Football League. Yeah. Um, I remember we, um, we played, I'm trying to think, we played Stockport away and we went up on the train from Euston and at the station in Euston, the secretary pulled me and said, oh, I think there's a problem with the, the insurance because Millwall haven't signed a, a, a some piece of paper or something, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I'm having a panic up going up from, obviously, on the phone every five minutes. But in the end, yeah, um, we, pay, we managed to get to a deal where I had to pay some back every game I played. And, you know, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was obviously great to get back in the league and be a pro again. I think I was, what, 30, 34, 35? Yeah. So to go back, to be out of it for like five years, six years, which was a shame, like, but to get back and, you know, so was it was that really important to you? Because I know there's some players that have had an insurance payout, they have got a team promoted or been in a team that's been promoted and decided not to play back in the football league. For you, was it sort of more important than the money? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, back in the day, growing up in my age compared to these boys now. It's like back in the day, you want to be a footballer, you want to play for your country. And yes. You know what I mean? Now it's uh, 
now there's obviously different incentives because you know the, the money in the game now is, fr- is frightening compared to what it was 25 years ago so um, it was a different mindset then growing up and you know I've, anybody who knows me uh, the way I am I'm, uh, I'm 100% and, yes you know I'm 100 miles an hour and for, for me I just want to you know I certainly think I'm good at keeping the ball out of the net and every so often put it in the back of the net so <laughs> um, yeah it's uh, yeah, like I say, I, I, I didn't want to finish. Obviously, I had to. Yes. Like I say, to have the chance to go and play, play back in the league, um, I, I was. Uh, uh, there was no second thought about it. I was, I was going to play. So. Oh, I mean that that's that's yeah. that's full testament to you, Tony. Now, also, you had a testimonial match, I believe, in two thousand and seven versus West Ham. When you're a professional, how important is the acknowledgement uh, of, of a testimonial? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not gonna lie. Some of that obviously went towards paying pain to get back, like so. Yes. It's different back in back in the back at Dagenham. It was like seven years for a testimony, instead of it was like ten years at a, a professional club. So um, I was fortunate to get one, and like I say, some of the proceeds went towards that. And you know, it was, like I say, uh, yeah, they're important to to players at, at that level because it's it's a uh, it's a little bonus at the end, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Now, you we've spoke about your goal-scoring record in the FA Cup. Um, in 2008, I did remind you of this before I press record, um, you've actually got a record, I believe you're the only goalkeeper ever to be sent off in the FA Cup in the opposition's area. Um, I mean, uh, you was clearly going up again for a corner yeah. tone. Yeah, I mean, like I say, FA Cup, we were losing 2-1. Um, I've gone up for the corner I'll never forget it I've headed it the keeper's made a save and then I've gone in for the kill it's got cleared and as we're running out somebody's clipped me on the heels like and oh. uh, I've obviously turned around come up to a fella uh, I can't even remember was it, was it Peter Clark I believe Peter Clark sorry Peter Clark Peter Clark I said Peter it was Peter Clark yeah. yep so we come, we come together and he's just thrown himself on the floor and then obviously the lion's been seeing it and then uh I got sent off like so for another record spot. That's not one I usually tell people about. <laughs> and in the end, in the end, I think one of the young goalkeeper went on, and we, I think we got done. I think we let two in, in the last five minutes, like so. Ugh. Which is a shame, but um, like I say again, the importance of you know you want to try and score, and like I say, um, I thought I was done that day, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, that—that no. that is the danger, isn't it, Tony? You go up for a corner. I remember Dave Besant when he was at the Wolves and I'd never seen it before, playing in a league game and a couple of minutes to go and he comes up for the corner and it really excited us as a fan. But the danger is, yeah. like, you, like you said, you go up for a corner, you're running back, they're on the attack, countering, yeah. and if you get tripped out of that, like what happened, I mean, that, yeah. that, that, that you, you know, you can concede a goal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. Gamesmanship by Peter Lake is, you know, he... Uh... He just threw himself to the floor, but because I just, I, I, just, I just got clipped. I turned round, and like I say, I stood there. And by the time I turned round, like I say, he's on the floor. So, and then the ref just, said, just you know, just, it was there was no VAR in days. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, it is what it is, and, and you know, it's, it's not like I say, it's not a record I'm proud of, but you know, it happened. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now. 
a record that I'm sure you're proud of, Tony. Um, capped by your country at under 18 and under 21 level and senior level. And interestingly, between both games, it was three years. I believe it was the 17th of February, 93. You made your debut against the Republic of Ireland. And the 31st of August, 96, against San Marino. I mean, is that the pinnacle of your career, Tony, playing for you, playing for your country? Yeah, I mean, it's, like I say, back in the day, back in the school fields of Hollyhead, just wanted to, you know, um, play for my country because my hero was Neville Southall. Yeah. Um, the earliest World Cup I remember was 78, like, so I was about, what, eight years old then, nine years old, and, you know, all you want to do is, like, be one of these players who are on the TV and all that, and, you know, I was fortunate to obviously get selected for playing for playing for a team in Hollywood for for the 18s, and then um, I got called up to. There was two games. There was a there was a game against England. Uh, it was England a B game a B game in Swansea, and there was a an Ireland game. Um, with the first team, I thought oh, I'm going to be against England here in Swansea, whatever, blah blah. And anyway, I've ended up in a hotel in Chester, gone to my room. Waiting for obviously the other goalkeeper. I thought it was going to be, uh, I think it was going to be, um, well, Roger Freestone at the time. So, anyway, the door's gone, and this big Nev, Nev's opened the door, and he just said, like, put the effing kit on. And I'm going, like, oh, I'm sharing with big Nev, it's unbelievable. And then I, I just remember making him a cup of tea, as I did for about seven years, uh, and then sat there in silence until I was spoken to because, you know, I was, I was totally in awe. So, uh, I was what, 19 years old, and I was, I was a baby man, so. I, I, I mean, that is what dreams are made of, isn't it, Tony? You know, you've you've revered Neville Southall, who was an unbelievable goalkeeper, by the way. And then, next thing you know, you're in a hotel room with him about to nick his place. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, listen, I, I tried my best to nick his place, but I didn't do it very often. But, um, no, no, Nev's, listen, like, Nev's was my idol. He's, he's, he's Big Wayne's idol. He's, yes. You know, back in the day, he was the best goalkeeper in the world. We're yes. Yep. He was up there. Obviously, there was Clements, there was Shilton, but obviously being Welsh, he, 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 he was the one. Um, but like I say, he's a friend of mine. He came to a game not long ago um, at Wolves. I can't remember what game it was. It was before the World Cup. So, no, but um, he's, he, he's, a, he's a hell of a fella. And I think I've got half, half of my... I think madness comes from from being around him for seven years because I was fortunate to work with Dave, who's Dave Stephen, who's very yes. cool, calm, collected, and then I obviously worked with Nev, who's like he would he was so mentally strong and mentally tough. You know, uh, uh, I think I, I took my traits from obviously being you know uh, mentally strong from him. You know what I mean? Yes. In, 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 on the pitch and off the pitch, so. I mean, like I say, the goalkeeper, he used to always say the goalkeeper's role comes with mistakes and it's how you deal yes. with them and how you get over them and how you get over the abuse from like, you know, you can get stick from your manager, your players, supporters, your own supporters. So it's just how you deal with stuff like that. And, you know, I'm quite thick skinned with that, so, which I put down to him, really. I mean, you do have to be, like you said, very thick skinned to be a goalkeeper. I've interviewed a, you know, a few yeah. goalkeepers on the podcast, Carla Kimi, Matt Murray. Harry Burgoyne, and it is, you know, you are the last line of defence. You've normally got, especially at the lower league grounds, you've got supporters literally 10 foot behind you. You can, you, you know, you, you can see the whites of their eyes. It, 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 yeah. it is intimidating, especially for a young goalkeeper. Well, that's why I want the younger ones who I've got now, 
going out to experience that. Because yes. it's only going to tough them up. And it has. I've, had it. I've been obviously coaching now 20 years and all the goalkeepers who I've sent out on lower leagues to to get decision-making processes. Because, like, listen, they're shot stoppers. They're not bad with their feet, but can they deal with a geezer slaughtering you from behind the goal who, who's mentally trying to get at you? So yeah. Some will melt and some will be strong. And, you know, you have to experience it. That's why if you look at me with my warm-ups... Yes. All last year and this year, I've always got a young keeper out there with me as, as the number three because I want them going to West Ham and getting stick and you know you're gonna you're gonna fluff the cross or something like that and it, yep. it has happened and you know the, it, it's all part of their growing up to 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 deal with like you know the pressure situations of playing at the highest level like we're in the Premier League you want to get to international level and you have to be mentally strong because. There's not a goalkeeper in the world who hasn't made a mistake. You're gonna make a mistake. Yes. How do you get over it? How do you get over the abuse of, you know, getting told you're you're a dodgy keeper and all this? You gotta get past it. I'm like, keep saying to him, you know, there comes a point you won't even know the crowd are there, which is when you walk out, you know, you're just there to focus on the game. Absolutely. And and Tony, to your credit and testament, I've seen how disciplined you are in the warm-ups um but i did see actually on social media the other day you had some i mean even you was getting some stick off the villa fans weren't you no no but obviously they haven't seen me when i was at Daglam because i used to batter them back you know, <laughs> i used to have banter with everybody yeah all the more teams and things like that used to you know you have to, you have to turn it on the head like because the geezer just came up it doesn't show the geezer came over and slaughtered jose and you know jose Matty, yeah Jacko, they're all like my kids. So yes. He's going to have a go at me, me boys. I politely went over there, told them, you know, do one. And then, uh, you know, it's just a bit of in the end. All, all, the, all the Villa fans are laughing. You know what I mean? So Brilliant. It's just, it's just how you do Brilliant. I mean, like I say, um, uh, yeah, I'm used to all that because I've had it for how many years and I know how to do it. So. Of course. I mean... They say goalkeepers have to be mad. We'll come on to that in a minute. I interviewed John Burridge once, and, and John said to me, he, listen, he said he was playing um, non-league early doors or, or one of the lower leagues. He was a young kid, and he said then that the, the players are playing literally to put food on the table, to put food in the kids' mouths, yeah. to put yeah. shoes on the kids' yeah. feet. And he said he made a mistake, and he said this centre-half, he said, come to me, and he was screaming in my face, spitting in my face. He said, I could see what he had for tea last night. He said, but that's how passionate there was. And he said, as a young goalkeeper, I, I thought, I can't make that mistake again. Yeah, no, listen, I actually played against John when I, as a young boy. He was at Southampton playing his, his, uh, the reserves. Um, keep, uh, keep it out on the plastic pitch. This is going back, crikey, 88, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's so old. And we, we battered him 5-1. And he's mad as a match here. Then he came over and thought I had a really good game. He's like in five, he's done this. But what a bubbly kind of character oh. he was. And, you know, he, he just forgot the goals. He's just concentrating on what he'd done well. Yeah. Is, you know, um, my job now is obviously, you know, to help these boys come through, go through stuff, mistakes, good saves, never beaten, never too high, never too low, and you know, uh, hopefully continue their progression. But budgie man, God, what what a character he was! I mean, they say you have to be mad to be a goalkeeper, Tony, and yeah. you, you, you've got a great personality and character, and it's fantastic to see you on the sidelines. When I'm, you know, I'm a fan watching Wolves. It's fantastic to see you on the sidelines. It's it's great when you interact on social media too. Um, are you a firm believer that you that you have to be nuts to be a keeper? Well, yeah, you, like I say, you've got to be different because listen, I I, I can go out at, at games and you know get abuse, like I say, from from Villa fans. I can I can walk out and at Wolves and you know 
get hammered for you know if somebody's not doing something I can get hammered for but you know it's all it's all in part of the job and yes you know I've got you, you got to deal with it so it's uh, it's not like oh you know I'm just going to take the nice stuff sometimes you got to take the noble stuff so and like I say I'm big enough and open enough to, to deal with that and um, it's, it's just common sense really in, in how you deal with it I mean like I say I'll have a giggle on social media you know what I mean it doesn't, it doesn't really bother if somebody has a go at me it doesn't really bother me yeah, you know what I mean. So it's uh, it's, it's swings around about really. Oh, it, it does now. Today you've had a fantastic coaching career, Tony. Started at Dagenham in Redbridge, then QPR, Arsenal. It was Swansea in 2015 that you first worked with um, Bruno Large. I mean, what what what's Bruno been like to work with? Yeah, Bruno. Uh, uh, well, as we've been talking about, obviously my playing career. At the same time, I was obviously coaching at clubs as well because, like, Dagenham was part-time. Yes. I'd be at QPR from Monday to Thursday. Yeah. Train with Dagenham Friday, play, play Saturday. So, I, I started early at QPR when I done my finger. Um, so, yeah, ended up at, obviously, where I am now. Obviously, I've had, I've had quite a decent pathway. So, and Swansea was good. I met Bruno through Carlos Carvajal because... When I was at Swansea, I think in the space of eight years, uh, sorry, eight years, in the space of four years, I had eight managers, nine managers. Wow. So they were just coming in and out of the doors, like, but unfortunately, I was like, you know, kept on. And like I say, uh, Carlos came in, he came in with his team, as they do now. Um, and I got on really well, Carlos got on really well with Bruno. Yeah. Like I say, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's funny, the last year, because when he first came in, um, I did the, the Bruno I saw at Wolves is not the Bruno I saw at Swansea because he was a number two. He, he was he done his work, but he kept himself to himself. He was yes, like, you know he's never he was never as you know expressive and you know. But that's, obviously that's uh, when he went to Benfica had great success there. Yes, and he came out and you know obviously becoming the manager he is and you know. Um, I've got a lot of time for Bruno. So. Oh, absolutely. We, we'll come on to Wolves very shortly in a minute, but yeah. on, on top of the coaching uh, at club level, you've had great, great success at international level. And I think the pinnacle coming Euro 2016 when you got to the semi-finals under Chris Coleman, I mean, that must have been, Tony, an incredible tournament. Oh, no, no, I, sorry, I came, I came in after that. I came oh, after sorry, that. mate. Yeah, no, fine, fine. <laughs> me I haven't done my handwork here, have I? No, no, no. no, no I've, just, I've just let one in at the back post. That's all right, no problem. He's just been sent off. <laughs> <laughs> Marge, the England goalkeeper coach, he, he left Wales to go with England and I, I jumped in his spot um, about the, the camp after. No, but obviously my tournament was, obviously, yeah, as a big and the first one in Azerbaijan, got through the group stages there. Yes. Um, and then got beat by Denmark in Holland. And then obviously the World Cup, which uh, was just gone past in Qatar, like, which is obviously a great experience. But performance-wise, you know, as a, as a group, we're, we're, as staff and, team and players, we're obviously disappointed because we didn't really show what, what we could do, really. So, I mean... But, yeah. we'll, uh, it's a hell of an achievement getting it. Oh, I mean the we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get there again. We'll, oh, we'll get there again. Do you know what, Tony? I don't doubt that at all. I mean, the World Cup, it, it really is the pinnacle of any player's career. So for you to be in and around the squad, obviously, you know, coaching the goalkeepers, for you must be an absolutely huge honour. Oh, yeah. Like I say, um, I, I, I was in the squad for how many years. Didn't really have a coach then. But obviously coming in now and obviously working with Wayne, Bordy, uh, Adam Davis, Tom King, we've got a good... Good, good little bats, like I would say. 
think um, obviously it's, it's difficult because you know the size of the country, the, the players in the pool have got to pick from. It's, it's difficult because you know you know the Premier League is scattered with obviously yes. English and obviously foreign players, and we, we now as uh, a nation and obviously um, a, a coaching the coaching side of it are trying to put uh, put on you know. Uh, teams and courses to make better coaches, to make better players, to then get them players at the Premier League, and then we'll have a, a better catchment. But you know, it's 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 not there's not that many players at the at the moment. But with what we've got with like our team spirit and things like that, that's, yeah, that's, that, that that is something you can't you can't buy. Like and the, the the group from 16 to now, like uh, you know that that's obviously was led by Mr Bale and you know the manager and all. Yes, that, you know it's the standards of how we work and you know because we we have got obviously the lack of players but we ain't got lack of spirit and you know um that's, that's what gets us through games. Oh, I mean, you can see that on and off the pitch, obviously, with the red wall. I mean, a goalkeeper yeah. you've mentioned a couple of times there, started his career at Wolves, Wayne Hennessy. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's had a great career, hasn't he, Wayne? No, I mean, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he loves Wolves. He was, uh, at one point, he was desperate to come back. Yeah. Obviously, I was going there, and, but um, obviously didn't work out. But, no, listen, Wayne's Wayne, he's... You know what you get from him. He's a model professional. He's a he's a he's a hell of a man. He's a great fella. Um, I say he's, he's he's gonna have a chance now with Henderson being unfit. Um, obviously Forrest, which has come out this week, he's got he's gonna hopefully get a, a run of games. So yes. hopefully that, like I say, he, he'll be playing. Wardy's playing and getting the experience to the Premier League. You, you can't get any better than that. You can't get any higher. So and that'll only help. You know the Welsh team in. When we play in March against, you know, we've got Croatia and Lithuania, so hopefully they'll be in form there. But, like I say, Wayne's, like you say, I keep, like, I, there's a few pictures of him in the academy, which I've sent to him, like, when he was about, <laughs> he looks about 12, so he's about 10 foot tall. Like, yeah, like, I was going to say, he always looked quite young, didn't he, Wayne? Yeah, 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 no, but he's a great fan. I'm often getting tickets for his family who, who still come to Wolves, like, so. Brilliant. He loves the Wolves. Oh, that, that, that's nice to hear. That's lovely to hear. And listen, you've been at Wolves, uh, Tony, since June 21. I mean, listen, Bruno Large, he, 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 there was nine a record, I believe, nine away wins in the Premier League. We all remember that win versus Man United. There was some, some great times. Um, when Bruno lost his job, for you, did, did you almost think that, that, that you was going to be on your way as well? Well, yeah, obviously, I came in with him. I came yes. in with what? Because I was at the Euros and they'd already come in. I came in a week later and obviously um, just into pre-season. And uh, listen, Bruno's was Bruno was Bruno. Bruno's yeah. you, you saw what he, he was out of sleeve and you know how he was. Yes. And uh, no, I, I like Bruno. I like the way he worked. He um, get, used to get frustrated at times, but of course he, he, he was good at what he'd done. But and we had some good results. But unfortunately, you know, coming back this season. Um, things don't go well, and you know if everybody knows you don't win games in football. Uh, in football, you, you're under pressure. And like I say, they made the change. The new man's come in now, and you know he's had an impact, and he's changing things uh, in, in a massive way. Like so, and yes. Like I say, you've seen the results and um, how the boys have been performing over the last month, and. You know, I can only see good things because you know, if you you know, Mark, if you manage Real Madrid, Spain, yeah, you win Europa things and um, Europa Cups and all that. And they can say, I can also say the staff he's brought in have been very good. Um, like I said, I was, I was fortunate to obviously 
Oh, I mean, you know, it is great news, Tony, obviously, that you're still with the club. And listen, it wasn't all doom and gloom under Bruno, but now Lopetegui's, yeah, now Lopetegui's obviously at the helm. There seems to be, a, you know, it normally happens under new managers anyway, but there does yeah. seem to be a real sense of belief. Yeah, I mean, listen, listen this, this, the group of players we've got are a very good group. And now yes. what we're doing is just adding more quality to it. So. Yes, which is only going to improve the team. Obviously, he's brought in uh, Mario. He's brought in um, a couple of others. So you know, you know, it, and he's still looking to bring in more. So yeah, like I say, the belief now is in the group. He's obviously uh, Liverpool last night disappointed with that result, but um, we should have gone through in the first game. Obviously, the stuff has gone around that, oh. which we won't talk about. But you know, yes, we've been unlucky. We've been unlucky. Um, so. And now, obviously, again, obviously, the Forest Cup game last week, at least it was in the Cup. If that yeah. was for points, then we'd be worried, you know what I mean? But I'll be even more angry. But, like yeah. I say, we've got however many games left now, and we're going into every game, which you do, you know, thinking that you're going to win it. But now, this, this like I say, with uh, the quality that he's looking to bring in, because the levels that he's setting in training and uh, for games from... From everybody, from the from the doctor up to the, every player, it's just you know phenomenal. Brilliant. I mean, the the at the minute the, there's some great keepers, obviously you know in the ranks. Um, I mean, you working with them every day, Tony. I bet you can see some real quality. Yeah, I mean, obviously I've got. A, I came in last year. There's uh, there's a lot of goalkeepers, there, young ones. Obviously, um, I got asked about. Obviously, uh, I was given a couple of goalkeepers to look at while I was with the Euros and Jose. And another, yeah, another couple of others. And I said, "Oh, Jose, this boy's got, he's got potential. He's been very, very good." Yes. So it was obviously Olympiaco. So yeah, Jose had a great season last season. Um, the way it's gone this season, yeah, we're always looking to improve and get get better. But like I say, Matt, Matt he's decent. Uh, got some good young ones, and who I'm trying to now, you know, uh, get a pathway for them to go on loan and come back and then compete. And you know, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Which we're, we're trying to improve on, and from the academy, we're bringing in appointing three coaches. So, listen, it's not just about one goalkeeper; it's about all the goalkeepers. That are yes, we've got about 20, from 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 the first team down to little Johnny and the under eights, we've got about twenty-five keepers. So, we want the best for all of them, and it's about striving every day, uh, working hard. You know, putting in the hours, putting in the effort, dedication, and you know, you get you get performances and. Um, that's what we're trying to do with not just me, but all my other goalkeeping coaches there. Yeah, well, Lopetegui was a goalkeeper himself, wasn't he, Tony? Yeah, he played for Real Madrid, played for Spain, so um, so I've good conversations with him. We have good talks about previous keepers, and uh, no, he's uh, listen. He, he understands the role. He understands yes. what's good, what's bad, what can be better, what can be done, whatever. And he, he's been he's been really good with me, to be fair, because he's he's just let me do what I want. Yeah, and I, I was fortunate. I did go over to the to Marbella training camp, and uh, I did, yeah. I did uh, watch one of the sessions. And uh, you know, the the work effort that was there, the, yeah. the the standard was just incredible. It really was. The players look a lot fitter now. I mean, and the goalkeepers, like I said, I was only standing from afar, and I could see the absolute quality that was on show. Yeah, well, listen, lucky we've got two international goalkeepers you got um, obviously both of them with their international teams and you know that's what that's what the, the Premier League is about it's, it's, it's about top level in every position and that's what that's what we want we're yes. trying to produce our own and obviously it 
if we need one, we can go and get one. But ideally, like I say, wherever I've worked at Swansea or Arsenal, it's about you know prom- from promoting from within and using what you've got and our scouting and our sports scientists and our analysts to make the one that we can. I've done it before and I'll do it again. It's just a matter of time. Last year, I was just concentrating on. Um, obviously Jose and yes. the performances for the first team and now, now it's like you know trying to have a look at the overhaul of the academy and going back to the day of producing your Akimis your Murrays your, your uh, Wayne Hennessy's yes. you've done it before we just need to put in place the, the processes to do it again and like I say if we've got time to do it we'll do it oh absolutely I mean Wolves have had a, a, a rich history in, in uh, you know bringing up great young goalkeepers through the ranks yeah. but I think that that's obviously down to the obviously ethos of the club but now I, I've been once again fortunate to get into the training ground the facilities Tony are incredible aren't they oh, we've got three four world class pitches you know and so the top draw facilities and you know when you walk through the door that's what we want the players to do getting up in the morning thinking what we're going to do today walking through the door they're getting the best you know they're getting the best food they're getting the best kit they're getting the best medicine they're getting the best gym training they're they're getting good training on the pitch and that's only going to help an individual and getting better now we can all do that collectively and you know like I say with them we can all work out to get the results to 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 give it to get as as high as we can in um, in, in the league and like I say last year we were flirting with um, the top spots like in getting around the top six and things like that but you know obviously we finished where we did and now you know it's about trying to get to that level again yes I'm sure that we will. Oh, listen, as supporters, we, we, we are confident in, in you, Lynn, and you guys. We absolutely trust. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, thank you for your time today, Tony. If you do want to, um, if you do want to now announce some new signings and so I can beat Wolves to, I'm only, mate, I'm only, I'm not, I did say I wouldn't chuck you under Brian Law's bus and I wouldn't do that. Um, and I think oh, he's, he's coming to a game, so I think uh, all the bus drivers in Wolverhampton will be panicking. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping heck. But I've got to say, Tony, you know, I, I, we agreed to do the podcast early in the week. You've been really, really honest, and I really do appreciate that. I know the Wolf supporters are, are going to be delighted to hear from you. As soon as the Wolf Whistle beer comes out, I'm bringing you down a crate, and thank you for your time today, buddy. Just uh, top man, no problem.